Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are midweek. We're halfway through. We can see Friday, and we don't even need binoculars. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on Instagram, if you're not already, at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast, all one word, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. All right, later this week, big show coming up here on Friday. Brandon Straka, who is the founder of the Walkaway Movement, He's got an incredible story. You know, he started life as a hairdresser, an incredible hairdresser. And something just woke him up that said, you know what? You're a registered Democrat your whole life. The Democrats have gone off the rails. They are now the party of the communists. We need to do something about it. So he really did have an epiphany. And so he gave up his old life. And took it upon himself to start a movement for his fellow Democrats who were also becoming uh, aware of what had happened to their party and needed to walk away from that party. He created this entire campaign, and of course, that made him a target. On January 6th, he happened to be at the Capitol. He was doing nothing wrong, and the entire full force of the federal government came down on his head. He's got an absolutely incredible, astonishing, disturbing story that we all need to be aware of. He is going to join us here on Friday with all of that and with the very exciting news that he is revitalizing Walk Away. So this is going to be a blockbuster, blow the doors off the barn kind of conversation. I absolutely adore him. He is incredible. You're not going to want to miss a second of Friday's show. Okay, next week, we've got a number of big guests also lined up. We're going to talk to Senator Roger Marshall. Senator Marshall is also Dr. Marshall, 
and he's going to be here to talk to us about COVID, uh, the response to COVID, these massive studies showing that masks did absolutely nothing. None of this did anything. The stuff that actually would have done something, like hydroxy, like ivermectin, that stuff was all squashed on purpose. You know, the truth comes out eventually in life. We're starting to see now the truth begin to emerge about January 6th. Kevin McCarthy, to his great credit, I mean, we thought he'd let us down and he still might, but so far so good. He is turning over over 40,000 hours of footage from January 6th to Tucker Carlson. So soon we're going to be able to see the truth about that. The truth always emerges Again, except for the Kennedy assassination, (laughs) which all these years later is still buried. But pretty much everything else, uh, we get the truth on eventually. And January 6th, the truth is going to come out. So we're going to talk to Brandon Strake about that. But in terms of next week's conversation with Senator Dr. Roger Marshall, um, you know, we're getting the truth about ivermectin. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm, great therapeutic for COVID-19. What? Yeah, masks didn't do anything. Social distancing didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, the vaccines, neither safe nor effective. Sorry about that. It's all beginning to emerge now. We're going to talk to Senator Dr. Roger Marshall uh, next week about all of this and more. Plus, David Horowitz is going to be here as well. David is a good friend. He is another extraordinary figure in American life. He's a national treasure. Why? Because he started life on the communist left. Literally, he was a communist. He was an out communist seeking the overt overthrow of the U.S. government. And then decades ago, he had an epiphany, not unlike Brendan Straker, who's going to join us here on uh, Friday. He had an epiphany. It's almost like God sends a lightning bolt to their brains. And he woke up. And ever since then, he has been a warrior for America, for our freedoms, against the left, against Marxism, against communism. He has been a diehard warrior. And what makes him so threatening to the left is that because he was one of them, he knows them. He knows who they are. He knows their tactics. He knows how they think, how they behave, and how they execute. This is going to be a fascinating conversation, and we're going to have much more next week as well. All right, today we're going to talk to Mercedes Schlapp, who, along with her husband, Matt, oversees CPAC. I am going to be at CPAC. Uh, This is next week, March 1st through the 4th. She's going to be here to tell us all about it. President Trump is going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm I'm actually speaking right before President Trump, which is very exciting. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, cpac.org slash DC. So come see me. Come see Trump. Come see everybody. All the conservative superstars are going to be there. All right. First up, though, the Monica Memo. This week in America Last... We're getting a lot of America last this week. You, the American citizen, the American taxpayer, the law-abiding, decent, kind, generous American, you are dead last in Joe Biden's eyes. Not second to last, dead last. On President's Day, our current president uh, did not spend the day with his fellow Americans, as we know, but instead went to Ukraine, 
where he did a couple of things. A couple of things happened over the last couple of days while he's been in Ukraine and Poland. While he was in Ukraine, he pledged another $500 million, that's half a billion dollars, to the Ukrainian war effort. Topping this off now at about $200 billion so far over the last year and counting, this is your money. This is my money. Nothing infuriates me more. Well, a lot of things infuriate me. But the idea that this regime is taking our hard-earned money, which we work every day, blood, sweat, and tears, sacrificing so much to provide for our families, to sustain our lives, put a roof over our heads, pay the $20 for eggs now, thanks Joe Biden, our hard-earned money from the fruits of our labor going across the pond to Ukraine, where it's going into a giant black hole with no accountability. Nobody knows where this money is going. There's no oversight from Congress. Republicans should be screaming about this. No oversight, no accountability, no transparency, nothing. Why? Because that money is just sloshing around. We talk about it as a money laundering operation. God knows where this money is going. It's going into the quote-unquote war effort, and then what? To Zelensky's pockets, his wife's pockets, his family's pockets. The whole globalist ruling class is getting rich off of this war. Joe Biden has a long history with the corrupt regimes uh, in Ukraine, corrupt entities in Ukraine. What do you think Hunter's Burisma thing was all about? Ukraine is a deeply corrupt country. It is money laundering central for the corrupt globalist ruling class. So again, nobody is excusing Vladimir Putin's activity in Ukraine and his invasion. He's a murderous thug. Everybody knows that. He needs to be punished for violating a sovereign nation's borders. Meanwhile, our sovereign nation's borders overrun every day. Every day, all day. And now we're getting big reports about the northern border with Canada. Tons of people now coming in in the Vermont sector and elsewhere. So Biden is very concerned about one sovereign nation's borders, but it ain't ours. The second thing he did when he was over there was that he pledged nuclear power plants for Poland, but not for us. So Poland, you know, Poland is the land of my ancestors, I am half Polish. The Crowley is Irish, half Irish, half Polish. I have not been to Ireland, but I have been to Poland. Poland is an absolutely spectacular country. It's just, it's beautiful. It is freedom-loving. It's highly Catholic. So it's a very religious-oriented country. These are very good people. And Poland is a devoted ally to the United States. But to build nuclear power plants for them, but not for us, when he is denying us fossil fuel-based energy and domestic energy production, uh, it makes no sense. Except, again, America last. So I'm all for helping the Poles, but you better be helping us too. Come on, man. Gas prices are out of control. Home heating oil is out of control. And he is pledging nuclear power for Poland, but not for us. The third thing that happened during his trip was that the Ukrainians staged fake air raid sirens for him. 
There hadn't been air raid sirens in a really long time in Kiev, but Biden shows up and they go off. Come on. How dumb do they think we are? Pretty dumb, apparently, because they've got the propaganda press covering for them. So they can do and say whatever they want, insult our intelligence, and get away with it. The White House alerted the Kremlin before this trip, right before this trip, that Biden was going and he was going to be on the ground taking this 10-hour train ride from Poland into Ukraine, going to Kiev. So the Russians knew not to strike during his visit, and they weren't going to strike. I mean, Putin is what he is, but he wasn't going to go about and and target and kill the American president during a, a visit to Ukraine, okay? Putin is not that stupid. So the Kremlin knew they weren't going to act, but the sirens are still going off. The way our press covered this spectacle is straight out of Soviet propaganda. It's what the Kremlin used to put out or what North Korea used to put out to make dear leader look strong and invincible. I don't know if you guys saw the New York Times story yesterday about Biden's trip. They broke it down minute by minute. You know, how he got away with it. He flew out of Washington uh, like at 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. He had a date night with Jill. They literally said this. (laughs) This is in the piece. On Saturday, they were like, oh, everybody thought that he was just going for a date night on Saturday night to the Red Hen, or whatever it is, some famous restaurant in Washington. And the New York Times literally says in this piece, they went and had a date night at the Red Hen where the president ordered the rigatoni, widely considered to be the best in the city. I'm not kidding. This is what passes for reportage in the New York Times. This is what I mean. What the New York Times and others did in their coverage is literally indistinguishable from what the Soviet propagandists did. Meanwhile, the idiot president couldn't even stay on the red carpet in Kiev. He was wandering off aimlessly. He had to be pushed back onto the red carpet, wandering off in his demented state, an exhausted state because he's way out of his time zone. That's tough on a young person. I mean, I remember taking these international trips and whoa, (laughs) it was a lot. It was a lot when you go to India and China as we did or Europe, the Middle East. You're in a different time zone. Your body's out of whack. It's tough for a normal younger person like me or anybody else. But to have an 80-year-old man in the stages of dementia in a different time zone, well, of course he was wandering off the red carpet. And then this morning, he's in Poland with the Polish president, Duda, who's amazing, by the way, and a couple of other people for a photo call. So he couldn't stand still for photos, literally less than 60 seconds. He's looking off to the left to Duda. He's looking off to the right to the person next to him. He's taking a step forward. Duda had to like hold him back a little bit, like, dude, hold on. We still need some pictures here. So no, Joe Biden is not in control of himself or the country, okay? He's put more effort, care, and concern into Ukraine than he has into his own country. Of course, it's because 
He has probably made a fortune from the corrupt regime and entities in Ukraine to the tune of tens of millions of dollars, as we have said. And this war gives the entire globalist ruling class an excuse to continue to cash in. This is why you haven't seen any diplomatic efforts toward peace. Peace isn't profitable. Now, war, on the other hand, very profitable for them. So they keep it going. This is what Eisenhower was warning about in his farewell address, the military-industrial complex, and how deeply entrenched it could be, and how it is a money-making machine. So this is why they keep this war going. No end in sight. And all of our so-called leaders out there, with the exception of Donald Trump and some others, they're all saying in unison, we're with Ukraine for as long as it takes. That's their course, as long as it takes. Yeah, to get rich off of a war that is not our fight. The whole thing is incredibly corrupt, and we're not supposed to say anything. Well, we say something on this show. This is what you get with America last. We just had four years of America first just a couple of years ago. So the memory is fresh. And the contrast to what we have now is very stark. We're not talking about the LBJ years or even the Reagan years to compare. You you don't have to go back that far. You just have to go back two and a half years. And you're like, oh, yeah, we had America first. That was fantastic. So we get it and we're pissed. He's giving away hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine when the American people are suffering, not just in Ohio, but all across the nation because of inflation, gas prices, crime, the wide open border, all thanks to him. And he could care less. But you know who does care? President Trump. He cares so much that he's in East Palestine, Ohio, today to offer comfort and support to our fellow Americans. That's what a president does, a real one anyway. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, I want to continue on leadership with regard to Joe Biden and how he couldn't form a sentence when he was in Ukraine and Poland, and also Pete Buttigieg, who was caught by a journalist from the Daily Caller yesterday and began to cry had an epic meltdown. This is your Secretary of Transportation, America, along with your president. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, 
kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. Um, Leadership or lack thereof. Let's talk about it in the context of our current president, this idiot who doesn't know what planet he's on. Uh, Joe Biden takes foreign trip, and again, you send an 80-year-old senile man into a way different time zone, and you're going to have a disaster. And that's exactly what we had. Okay, so let's begin with some sound, and then we'll deal with boot edge edge uh, here in a second. Let's deal first with our so-called president, Joe Biden. Uh, Here he is reporting what he is seeing in Kiev. One year ago... The world was bracing for the fall of Kiev. Well, I just come from a visit to Kiev, and I can report Kiev stands strong. <laughs> Kiev stands proud. It stands tall. And most important, it stands free. So he can report that Kiev stands strong, but can he report that America stands strong? Can he report that East Palestine stands strong? Can he report that our border towns stand strong? Can he report that Seattle, San Francisco, New York stand strong? These rhetorical questions answer themselves, don't they? Now, you know Joe Biden is a pathological liar, and now he's demented on top of it, so the lies are just flowing fast and furious. You know, he's always had this predilection of saying that he's black, or he's Asian, or whatever, like, oh, I'm, I'm one of you. This is his way of trying to say, I'm one of you, and I feel your pain. I mean, remember when Bill Clinton did that, I feel your pain, I'm one of you, and I'm eating fast food while I'm trying to jog, and all that stuff, right? Politicians do this all the time. Trump is the only organic, like, naturally organic president I think maybe we've ever had. Um, Anyway, so Biden, I guess, when in Rome, be Roman, uh, or when in Poland, be a Pole. So here he is saying um, that, you know, in his heart, he's really Polish. But listen to how he says it. And Mr. President, the connection between Polish and, and, and uh, Polish and American people is extremely strong and deep. I was kidding with the president. I was, uh, as a young man, I was uh, born in a coal town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Then when coal died, we moved down to Delaware, to a town called Claymont, Delaware, which was a working-class town. And, uh, but everybody in town was either Polish or Italian. I grew up feeling self-conscious. My name didn't end in an SKI or an O. So he's saying that he grew up feeling self-conscious that his name didn't end in SKI ski or an O, like traditionally Polish names, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> this is vaguely racist, right? Against the Pol- I mean, I guess at being half Polish, I should take offense. This is how this works now, right? I should take offense being half Polish that he is saying, oh, my name didn't end in ski. So I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> the man is beyond belief. All right. And finally with Joe Biden, he often gives us word salad as does his vice president. It's with a lovely ranch dressing, but it's still word salad because, again, neither one of them. We have a president and a vice president who cannot form a coherent thought, never mind a coherent sentence. So word salad spews from their mouths all day, every day. But here he is addressing what word salad would be. Would we respond or would we look the other way? Would we be strong? Would we be weak? Would we, you, we, would be, would we the, all of our allies, would be united or divided? All right, so clearly word salad <laughs> when he is, I mean, we shouldn't be laughing because this is deadly serious. He's talking to our allies. He's close to a combat zone. World War Three is right there. We can see it and we don't even need binoculars. All of these very serious issues are confronting him and he's literally standing in the middle of it and he can't even make a sentence. That makes sense. This is the commander-in-chief. I'm telling you, every world leader who meets this man rolls their eyes. Some laugh, maybe to his face, behind his back, but they all roll their eyes and then laugh and then roll their eyes again. That the American president is this out of it, that who is this incompetent, who is this clearly demented. Meet your leaders, America. Uh, I want you to meet your Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, who um, obviously is only there because he ticked a box, the gay box. Uh, This is why he is Secretary of Transportation. And again, as I have said on this show, all of these people on the left just want these jobs for the sake of having these jobs. It's resume padding, resume building, so that they can continue to fail up. Conservatives don't deliver, they fail down, as it should be in a meritocracy. But we're no longer a meritocracy, at least not for the left. They just, you know, stroke each other and fail up. This is what they do, especially if they're in a protected group, like a gay group or, you know, African-American or Latina or whatever it might be. So Buttigieg knows he's in a protected group, so he doesn't actually have to do the job. None of these people actually want to work. They're all incredibly lazy, except when it comes to the Marxist revolution, right? Then they're, then they're Johnny on the spot. So Buttigieg um, was confronted by a reporter for the Daily Caller, and God bless her. Her name is Jenny Terre, and she caught up with Buttigieg on the streets And I guess this is Washington, D.C. Yeah. And she's got her camera going and Buttigieg is walking and she confronts him, not in a hostile way, very respectful. And she tweeted it out and she said, I asked Secretary Buttigieg about the crisis in East Palestine and I guess he didn't like that. So he took a picture of me. I'm just doing my job, sir. Secretary, what do you have to say? Hi, how are you? Jenny Chair at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to 
arrange a conversation. Um, make sure you reach out to our press office as well. I can have that conversation with you. Just walk you don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking okay. down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'll talk thank down the street. you. Can I get a, can I get a photo of you? And this, of course, comes after a long day of excuses in the press where he said, um, he said this, oh, well, don't worry about it because I was mayor of my hometown for eight years, so I know what I'm doing. Listen. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done. And people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. He was mayor of South Bend, Indiana, population three. Okay, no, I know it's got Notre Dame. I know all of that. I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, in the scope of America, um, South Bend, Indiana is not exactly the big leagues, right? So he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I was mayor of a small town for eight years, so I know what I'm doing. No, number one, he doesn't know what he's doing. And number two, he doesn't care to know what he's doing. That's the, the honest truth. But get this, so he's uh, spewing all these excuses the day before, and apparently the weight of his own repeated failures here and the pressure coming down on him has been too much because he told the reporter from the Daily Caller that he was, quote, taking some personal time. Taking some personal time. Um, Apparently, Pete Buttigieg, all he does in this job is take personal time. Remember, he had like three months off for paternity leave when he and his partner had those babies. All he does is take personal time. This is what I mean about the left. They hang out in these high offices. Remember I gave you the example of Mayor de Blasio on the last show? He'd like sleep until 9 a.m., get up, smoke some dope, uh, go to the gym in Brooklyn, and roll back into Gracie Mansion around noon, have some lunch, hang out... Guys, I can tell you, having been in the federal government at a very high level, I, I'm telling you, this is these jobs are grueling. They are around the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, crises that you can't anticipate. The stress is off the charts, but you're doing it in service of your country and your fellow Americans. That's why we do it. This is why we all step up, except for the left. They don't step up for that reason. They step up because it's a cool job that it's going to look great on the resume as they continue to fill up. This is what they do. They're not sitting there actually busting tail for the country. On the contrary, the exact opposite. Finally, here's Pete Buttigieg trying to feel your pain. Well, the biggest thing I want uh, residents of East Palestine to know is that they're not alone. Uh, Our department's personnel were on the ground from within the first hours of the incident. They've got multiple federal agencies on the ground, partnering with the state, partnering with local first responders. And this has the attention of the entire administration. Oh, you're not alone. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Actually, they are alone, except for today. Because you know who's on the site? Donald J. Trump. 
That's what a real president does. And by the way, in the Trump administration, if something like this had happened, um, the entire administration would be mobilized for our fellow Americans. Department of Transportation, EPA, you name it, and Trump would have been there within 24 hours. I guarantee it. That's what a real leader does. A real leader leads from the front, but here we are back to the Obama years of leading from behind. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. We're going to get with Mercedes Schlapp here in just a second. Um, But first, guys, think about this. To dig our country out of this huge mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only getting worse. So protect yourself with gold today by texting Monica to 989-898. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Monica to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is the place to go to protect your future. Text Monica to 989-898 today. I am so happy to have with us today my dear friend, a fellow warrior for America and everything this great country stands for, Mercedes Schlapp. Mercy is a CPAC senior fellow. She is also the co-host of CPAC Now, America Uncancelled, which is one of the greatest titles for a show I've ever heard. She's also the former White House strategic communications advisor to President Trump. And as I think everybody in this audience knows, Mercy and her husband, Matt, run CPAC, of course. And the big CPAC conference is coming up Next week, it runs from March 1st to March 4th at the Gaylord Resort and Convention Center in National Harbor, Maryland, right outside Washington, D.C., so super easy for most of us on the East Coast to get to. If you haven't already, run, don't walk, to cpac.org slash D.C., again, cpac.org slash D.C., and get your tickets now. I'm going to be speaking on the main stage right before President Trump, which is an unbelievable time slot. I am so excited. So guys, you got to come to CPAC. You got to come and see all of us. Mercedes joins us now to tell us all about it. Hi, Mercy. Hi, Monica. We're so excited to have you join us this year. Oh, I know. It was so much fun last year. And just, you know, the energy is just palpable because of the state of the country. So I'm encouraging my entire listenership to go get their tickets now and not miss out. Nobody wants FOMO, right? <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. That's what my kids tell me every single day. <laughs> but uh, look, we're, we're really looking forward to um, you know, the thousands of people who come to CPAC. And sometimes I get, it's interesting. I'll meet people in a random places, like in a restaurant and they'll tell me, wait a second, you don't have to be invited to go to CPAC. It's like, no, you just have to register and just come. I have found that people have made incredible friendships through the years. We kind of joke around Matt and I, cause we've known several people who have actually met their future spouses at CPAC. Um, and so, you know, we, we sometimes get these updates of saying, oh, do you remember? Well, we met at CPAC, we got married and now we have, you know, two kids and you're just going, wow, this is fantastic. So, and you know, and it's people of all ages, uh, from, 
you know, the grandmas to the teenagers um, coming over to CPAC to really, I think, sometimes find their own, I'm going to say the word safe space where, where they can really get re-energized to get back to their communities and, and give back. You know, it's such an important point that you make about generations coming back to CPAC because CPAC's been going on a long time. Um, You know, I remember back in the day hearing about President Reagan coming to speak. So you do, you're right. There's like grandparents who are coming and then their children and then their grandchildren who are coming. And sometimes they come as families, which is also really nice to see. Um, and your point about a safe space is critical because, you know, we're, we're all off in the world doing our things and you're obviously, you and Matt, deeply involved in CPAC and, and on television all the time and doing your CPAC show and so on. Me too. I mean, we are in the bloodstream of current events and fighting for our country, but there are a lot of people who are listening to us today who love America, cannot stand what's happening to it and tend to feel very isolated because yeah. maybe their spouse isn't on the same page or maybe their family isn't on the same sp- page or you know they're in a small rural town in the middle of the country and they're pulling their hair out and they don't know what to do. CPAC mm-hmm. offers a great sense of community and that's yes. what makes this conference so special. Yeah, and I got to tell you I run into a lot of parents especially at CPAC who they'll come to me and be like, "Can you please pray for my kid who went to college and went from being like this really great, you know, patriotic kid to someone who now is like almost like a Marxist and hates America. And you see these parents and they suffer and it's hard to watch uh, because you do want to be like, let me, you know, let, let, let's figure out a way to get your kids back. And really, I, I mean, I say this, as you know, I've got five daughters. They've been going to CPAC since they were little girls. In fact, our two, two of the five have worked CPAC since they were 12 years old. Now, Viana's 19, Katerina's 18. And, uh, and it's really fascinating to watch because it is a family affair. Because what's happening is, is that we've let the left through TikTok, social media, through the, the academics, through education, indoctrinate our kids. And it really is about that future generation. And so what are we doing to stop this indoctrination of our children? What are we doing to really have these conversations of what is good and evil, what we stand for in terms of why America is an exceptional country, why America is a force for good, and how we're not this horrific country like the left portrays our, us to be. And, and you know, part of it is, how do you push through and talk about these values that matter? Freedom of speech and the protection of freedom of, of speech, freedom of religion, uh, the importance of having faith in our lives, being the center of our lives, Uh, when we're talking about our values. And really, what does America stand for? As the rest of the world is looking to America uh, to to figure out, are we going in the right direction? Well, outsiders are looking in saying, it looks chaotic from the outside. Uh, You're talking about children that are dealing with uh, these gender issues, this confusion, that these are the messages that are being sent out to these children, where it's all about critical race theory and all these really negative forces that are having an enormous amount of impact on our kids and how parents have an obligation and we have an obligation to make sure uh, that we're able to nurture our children and make sure they grow up to be functioning adults that stand for the goodness of America.
Yes, exactly right. And that's what, I mean, this conference goes so far in terms of getting that message out, but also really strengthening everybody who attends so that they can go back to their states and their communities reinvigorated for this fight. Because look, Mercy, you and I know, and I talk about this all the time, the left has been waging war against this country since at least the 1930s. And it began as a KGB operation. And over the decades, it's, it's sort of transformed. And when the Soviet Union fell, it was taken over by the global Marxist revolution and the CCP and the Islamic fundamentalists are all working in concert to continue the infiltration and the undermining and ultimate destruction of this country. So it's, it is um, exhausting. This fight, it wears the best of us out. And that's why CPAC is so important because you're around like-minded people and you realize, number one, you're not crazy <laughs> to think that the country is, <laughs> country is going down the tubes. And second, that, use that <laughs> you're right that you're not going not bananas. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That there are so many other like-minded people who are in the fight with you. And that is incredibly valuable. Yeah, I mean, you look back at, you know, when CPAC started, it's one of the oldest conservative organizations in the country. And what we have discovered is that uh, one thing that really Matt's been able to do uh, is take CPAC internationally. So we've had over 36 countries come to us and say, hey, we want what you have in CPAC, that energy, that organization of grassroots activists, bring it to our country so we learn how to win elections in our countries and battle many of the same issues uh, like dealing with the fake fake media that's trying to tear down anyone who's in the conservative movement. How do we deal with um, organizing for elections and getting our message out? And so it's why we've expanded to countries uh, like uh, Japan, Mexico, Korea, Brazil, Israel, Hungary, and the uh, uh, you know Australia, and the list goes on and on. And the movement is a movement that is, you know, it, it, it's an American movement, but now it's also a freedom movement internationally. And it's something that uh, has been fascinating to be part of. As we know, the left has always been much more organized than we are, especially in countries like Latin America. And all of a sudden, CPAC is viewed as the threat to the left of saying the right is organizing. So when we were in CPAC Mexico, Monica, we had over six uh, potential presidential candidates who are going to be running in different countries in Latin America show up, talk about their vision. And really, it was they were so excited that finally the people on the right are starting to get organized. So we feel very much that this is a, a broader calling um, of not only talking about the American values, which are so important, but the need of organizing in, in basically in, in, in freedom in other countries, which I think has been a fascinating movement to watch. Yeah, and it's incredibly important that you guys are branching out internationally with CPAC because the, you know, we talk about the international Marxist revolution and all of that, which is ongoing, targeting human freedom, but there's another very dark force, which is this transnational movement embodied by the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, all of these institutions that sit above uh, all of these sovereign nations, and they are assaulting us constantly to try to achieve ultimately a one-world government. So we need freedom fighters in every single country that values human freedom to make sure that, that we are fighting on all fronts. Yeah, and I think, you know, you've seen what this has happened, um, which has been 
for the most part with the World Health Organization, where you want you see Biden just cozying up to the World Organization, um, and, and really there, this movement from the left on, on aligning themselves with their globalist elites, and it's very, I think unhealthy for America. It's very un-American, quite frankly. And I think, look, when what, what's happening is, is when you have such a weak president and his administration, is, and, I mean, you were part of the Trump administration. I, I was also part of the Trump administration, watching how these this administration cannot get themselves out of a problem, like take the Ohio train derailment, uh, where basically they've mishandled this from the beginning from a comms perspective, from a policy and from a political perspective. And then you're talking about that the rest of the world is looking to America and saying, this is the weakest leadership I've ever seen. So of course, China feels emboldened. Russia feels emboldened. And, and it's very troubling, I think, for those of us in the United States that we're used to a very strong president who wouldn't um, allow China to be as aggressive as they are, or even Russia for that matter. So it's a very... Um, Look, it's a very critical time in America, and I think for those of us who have been in this battle for a long time, we know that uh, we are in a very delicate state right now, and it's really about taking the country back. Yes, 100%. And I know that that is certainly since uh, Biden was quote-unquote elected, um, this has been a big theme for the CPAC conference. All right, Mercy, I'm going to ask you to please stand by. There's so much more I want to cover with you, so many important topics, so please sit tight. But first, though, guys, you know, The Economist recently reported that American philanthropy is going woke like everything else, and predominantly funding liberal causes. Do you want to help counterbalance this liberal influence? If so, consider listening to Giving Ventures. It'll give you a good idea of the liberty-minded organizations working to erase the heavy hand of government so individuals can prosper and thrive, which is what we all want. Giving Ventures is a podcast designed to help donors and prospective donors discover new opportunities to change the world for the better. Twice a month, the Giving Ventures podcast highlights several nonprofit efforts, initiatives, and projects that leverage private philanthropy to solve public problems. Recently, they were joined by Star Parker, the founder and president of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, a charity that works with lawmakers to craft policy and lifts people out of poverty. Kendall Qualls, the president of Take Charge MN, whose organization promotes common sense family policy and vocational training. And Bob Woodson, the great Bob Woodson, founder and president of the Woodson Center, a charity that helps revitalize low-income communities. The show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor-advised fund helping conservative and libertarian givers simplify, protect, and grow their giving. The team at Donors Trust regularly engages with the policy groups, student organizations, academic centers, and civil society nonprofits that endeavor to limit government, grow personal responsibility, and strengthen free enterprise. If you care about the principles of liberty and if charitable giving is an important part of your life, Giving Ventures is the podcast for you. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and catch up on the latest episode by visiting www.donorstrust.org slash Monica. We're coming right back. Mercedes Schlapp, what other themes do you have going on this year? We're in the process of, of 
determining the theme. So we probably need to get um, some folks to give the way in on their opinion. One of the things we've talked about is um, protect America now, the importance of how we have to protect our families, protect our churches, protect our children. You know, um, we're also looking at taking taking back the, the swamp, which is we've, you know, taking down the swamp, which is, look, the swamp is alive and well. Right now you're talking about the fact that the Department of Justice They've weaponized uh, and, you know, they, they keep going. I'll take a, I'll give you a, a case, for example, which, uh, you know, President Trump offered a commutation for an individual, Philip Esformes, who was who served in jail. He was supposed to serve 20 years, served four and a half years, got out of jail. And guess what happened? DOJ is going after the same guy um, after, you know, even though Trump offered this commutation and it just shows how they're trying to weaken the clemency process uh, for the presidents. And, and it's and it just doesn't stop. We've seen how the FBI, I mean, you saw what happened where the FBI in Richmond, that that the, that area basically going after Catholics uh, that attend who attend Catholic, uh, Latin mass. I mean, Monica, it goes on and on and on. And when you read about these stories, you have to wonder about the horrific abuse of the FBI and how um, it's it's something that really has to be investigated. And I think, you know, you've seen, for example, what's happened with big tech and how they've been able to censor conservatives. And I'm going to say thank God for Elon Musk, because he's been one of those to call them out and call the FBI out. And, and I think that these are critical moments that we're having in America where big tech has colluded with the government, has colluded with the Democrats in pushing an agenda and trying to censor conservatives and conservatives uh, are continuing to stand up and fight back. Yeah, I mean, this is the very definition of tyranny. And we're in it right now, whether people see it or not, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, we are in a tyrannical state right now. And we face many serious threats, including the CCP, obviously, Iran, uh, searching for a nuclear weapon, all of these threats. But the biggest one of them all is inside the House. It's the weaponization of our own government against us. And in fact, guys, I'm going to be speaking on this at CPAC, again, right before President Trump speaks. So it's going to be a really, really important discussion yeah monica that's gonna be the full house i know be exciting i can't wait anyone can hold a crowd it's you so i'm excited about that that's gonna be great thank you mercy (laughs) thank you so it's great to hear that cpac this year is going to cover everything as it usually does from politics and 2024 to election integrity foreign policy big tech censorship education everything in between right that's right and we'll have activism training march 1st which is uh, you know, uh, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., which you can sign up for too. And that helps you to deal with issues like ballot harvesting. How are we going to handle early voting as we move forward? Um, how to get involved from a media standpoint and making sure that your voice is heard. Uh, and also, so it really captures a lot of this election uh, situation that we know we have to be prepared for as we go into 2024. If we can't solve the early voting problem if we can't solve the ballot harvesting problem we've got we've got major issues yes and thank god cpac is doing it thanks to you guys because the rnc has been behind the eight ball now for two election cycles and you know you can understand some of the chaos of 2020 with everything that was going on that year but to allow 2022 to go by and still not have the ballot harvesting ballot curing early voting all of that stuff ready to go for that election is inexcusable So thank goodness that you guys are stepping into the breach. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's critical for us. I think we've spent a lot of time on the ground. Matt obviously has a lot of familiarity with um, recounts and such. And I think it's one of the things that we were caught off guard, I would say, in states like, especially like in Arizona. I remember looking at the Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake race, and there were so many problems with those voting machines on Election Day, which should have never happened, number one. Number two, you know, when you're talking about Katie Hobbs, they were talk about a horrible candidate, yet they were much more organized. They were able to get these early, uh, these ballots in early. I mean, it was like three to one. And it just, we cannot continue to campaign the way uh, traditional campaigns were done. And it, and it's a matter of the fact that we got to up our game 100%. It's something that we're committed to at CPAC. And we're also committed to at CPAC at continuing to uh, speak up against woke corporations. Uh, that's something that uh, is important to us. We know, for example, that uh, DirecTV canceled Newsmax uh, and of impacting over 30% of their uh, audience. And, you know, this is what they do. It's these big companies basically trying to shut down uh, center-right media. And it's important for all of us to come together and speak up and make sure that our voices are heard because we need that content as opposed to these left-wing channels that continue. They have horrible ratings, yet they continue to be on uh, DirecTV. And it just is, is a, again, we're going to keep speaking up against these woke corporations and say, look, we are, there's a huge conservative center-right customer base. We're going to speak on their behalf and we got to push back because uh, this can't continue. A absolutely. And this is a multi-pronged war. So you guys are on top of so much of it. Um, final question for you, Mercy, before we let you go. You guys, I mean, since you and Matt took over CPAC, it has just been on fire. Remember, there was a period of time where CPAC was really hot, and then it sort of fell fallow a little bit, wasn't quite as hot. And then when you and Matt stepped in, CPAC was just reinvigorated, and you guys made it hot again. So it's certainly been on fire over these last several years. What are you guys doing to bring in more minorities to the conservative movement, the America First movement, and to CPAC, Blacks, Latinos, yeah. women, yeah. young people? Well, well we're, what we're finding is, and I would want to give credit definitely to President Trump on this, and I worked specifically in helping to bring minorities during the campaign in the, in the 2020 election, um, is the fact that we know that we share the values. We know that the, so many Hispanics out there are basically saying, you know, and African-Americans basically saying, and Asian-Americans saying, wait a second, the Democrat Party has left us. Why? Because they don't share in our values anymore. They're trying to indoctrinate our children uh, and, and basically change who they are. Fundamentally, they're trying to break up the families so that the government's the one in charge, the educator, educators are the one in charge instead of the parents being in charge. And so I feel, that, so we're definitely spending a lot of time in reaching out to minorities and making sure that they know that CPAC is a home for them. We work very closely with Bienvenidos, which is a great organization uh, run by Abraham Enriquez, who is a dear friend who does so much work in this area in states like Texas and Florida. And he came with us to Mexico, for example, to, to be able to bring in all these business leaders uh, from Hispanic business leaders to CPAC. And our goal is to make sure that they know that CPAC is a home for them, where they know that if they want to get politically involved, uh, that this is a good place to get your training, to know what your messaging is, to then be able to bring it to the Hispanic community. And I think you've seen this, especially in states like Texas and Florida, 
where uh, they they realize like I cannot be a Democrat that I want to stand against socialism. I want to stand against communism. The left is that's where their head is at, and we can't join their efforts. So we need to join the this you know the CPAC community that pushes for freedom. It's something that I feel very strongly as as a Cuban American, um, and want to continue to talk about this message into these minority communities. Uh, across the country. Get involved, guys. I mean, the only way we're going to turn this ship around is if we have all hands on deck, and that means everybody involved from the top all the way down, grassroots. That's what CPAC is all about. CPAC is running March 1st through the 4th. Um, this is, it, it's just an incredible gathering and so incredibly important. It's going to be at the Gaylord Resort and Convention Center right outside Washington, D.C. You can get your tickets right now at CPAC dot org slash dc again cpac.org slash dc and i got to tell you all the cool kids are going including mercy <laughs> mercy and me um mercy i don't feel like a kid anymore but you know what the <laughs> students get i think it's 50 bucks for students it's super cheap and um i gotta tell you there it's what you don't what you realize is like cpac is so many young people go and it and it really is like getting a sec a second education because the speakers are so well versed in their topics and you mentioned some of them from you know talking about anything from education uh to the weaponization of DOJ to China to Russia we're tackling er, tackling every topic and i think that's very critical um to be able to so people can come and absorb the messages it's very important and you know one of the big things that people look for is for the cpac straw poll which uh is a big deal for cpac and you know we will have many of these presidential candidates including nikki haley mike pompeo uh obviously donald trump going and then we just have these amazing speakers like jim jordan uh elise stefanik matt gates candace owen the list goes on and on and uh, it really is going to be an amazing event with incredible speakers. I have to ask you before I let you go. And by the way, uh, all of us conservatives are cool kids. I don't care if you're 95 <laughs> years old or three years I'll old. Take it. I'll we're, take it. we're the cool kids. And we're certainly yeah. the counterculture right now. Um, yes. Mercy, is Governor DeSantis going to attend? You know, we've invited him to come. We would love for him to come. Uh, we're, you know, we're hoping to hear what, what his plans are. Uh, you know, we believe that CPAC is one of the places where if you are going to run for president, it's a smart place to go because you've got thousands of uh, grassroots activists right there in person and they want to hear from him. So we'll see if he shows up. We The invitation has been extended. Uh, you know, we obviously like what he's done in Florida and we'll see. We'll see if he can make it. We'd love for him to join us. Incredible. Well, it's a stellar group. An absolute, uh, all the conservative luminaries uh, will be there, including yours truly and Mercy, of course, who's going to be running the whole show. And then I and her beautiful family will be with her. And I will be speaking uh, right before President Trump. So you guys, you have to come join us, help save America and have a blast while you're doing it. Uh, Mercy, thank you so much. And God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Monica. Okay, I'll see you at CPAC. Wow, what a fantastic show. We were on fire today. Thank you so much for being here, as always, and for checking out our fantastic sponsors. We all really appreciate that as well. Um, okay, coming up here on Friday, a phenomenal and very important interview with Brandon Straka of the Walkaway Campaign and with his unbelievable January 6th story, which is not to be believed, as we're going to get these January 6th tapes, the footage, the truth is coming out, and the truth will set us all free. So on Friday, this is a show you do not want to miss.
I mean, you don't want to miss any Monica Crowley podcast, but Friday is going to be just blowing the roof off. And then next week, we've got a series of really big shows as well. Okay, so enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you right back here with a big show on Friday. Friday.